Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. What Jesus is implying in this response, I did not come down to be an arbitrator between man and man but I'm here as a mediator between you and my Father. For there was one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.5, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity, Ephesians 2.16. Jesus is warning us here. He's saying, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. For our life does not consist in the abundance of one's possessions. Paul writing to Timothy, For we brought nothing into this world, and certainly we can carry nothing out. 1 Timothy 6-7 In other words, earthly possessions, cash, cars, jewels, gold, silver, properties. It can be many things. These are not going with us into eternity. When we move on, they're left behind. However, spiritual possessions, the non-tangible, the intrinsic values we have developed throughout our lifetime on earth, these we do take with us. Now, many of us through our life, we may be sending things up, treasured possessions ahead, good works for, for the Lord. See, they're going ahead of us into the kingdom for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And what are we doing? Well, we're recognized that we have to prepare for our future time in heaven. Matthew 6, 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures or possessions, things, all the stuff that we accumulate in our lifetime. These are things we're accumulating on earth. And Jesus is saying, don't lay things up because moth and rust and thieves break in and they'll steal the stuff from you. So what is Jesus teaching us here? He's saying that what we should invest in I believe, you know, he's the best financial advisor for those who have ears to hear. Verse 20 of Matthew 6, But do lay up or invest for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and thieves cannot break in and steal. I believe many will ask themselves after they have crossed over into eternity, Why did I not spend my time and effort on preparing for my eternal dwelling place? I could have been rich in good works towards God, but now I see I was foolish. I spent all my time and effort here on earth pursuing earthly treasures. Luke chapter 12, verse 16, And he told them this parable, The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. See, this rich man, he's talking to himself. He really should have been talking to God. But God starts talking to him. Verse 20, And God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. 
Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Verse 21, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. These things for himself is referring to all of our great accomplishments and the substance that we're accumulating. See, things for ourselves, but we do need to be rich towards God. Why? Because that's going ahead of us. That's going with us. That's going to have value in, in our eternal abode and our life in God in eternity. The interesting thing is still many of us still desire to be rich in earthly things, even in light of this sober warning. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. May we seek the Lord to get heaven's perspective, heaven's viewpoint, to understand what is important and what isn't. Maybe we need a refresh on our attitude concerning eternity. 1 Timothy 6.8 And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, which some have strayed or drifted off course from their faith and their greediness, and are pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Well, the man in our first story, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. This person was in great sorrow and possibly in the snare of bitterness over his brother's actions towards him and his inheritance. Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. This is a story concerning Peter and Jesus paying their temple tax. And when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? See, traditionally, the priests were exempt from this temple tax. And of course, they exempted their sons as well. So Peter said, yes. And when Peter had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes from? Their sons or from strangers? And Peter said to the Lord, from strangers. Then Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Well, why are the sons free? The sons are free because Peter, unbeknownst to him probably at that time, was now actually in the priesthood. He was a priest of the Most High God. He was a priest of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Peter, you are free now being my priest. You're not required to pay this tax, neither am I. Verse 27, Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. As you study the Gospels, so often Jesus was teaching his disciples the heavenly perspective. He was comparing earthly things to spiritual things. In this case, the kings of the earthly kingdom and the kings of the heavenly kingdom. See Revelation 5.10, and he has made us kings and priests to our God. The Lord said, lest we offend them. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? In essence, what they're saying is we don't recognize your teacher. See, he, he's a stranger to us. Peter, you're a stranger to us. You're not recognized. 
First John chapter four, verse five, they are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God, he who knows God hears us, he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? Well, they were hearing Jesus teach, they were hearing him speak, but they're like, we don't recognize this voice. See, they weren't hearing God. Why? Because they're in error. They don't have ears to hear what the Lord is speaking. Jesus said to Peter, Nevertheless, lest we offend them. I've thought about this statement, and I believe it reflects the great humility that's in our Lord Jesus Christ. See, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But the scriptures also say that he emptied himself, taking on the form, the form of a man, See, he humbled himself, he emptied himself. And so when these tax collectors looked at the Lord, they said, hey, he's just a man. You know, he's got to pay this temple tax. Well, he was the Godhead bodily. He was the temple. The temple was made for him. And yet they're demanding that God pay a temple tax to enter his own temple. And what was the Lord's response? He could have demanded his rights and said, don't you know who I am? And how dare you, you know, try to collect this tax from me? And many times we rise up in our pride, we get offended. Jesus did not do that. He humbled himself and said, Peter, lest we offend them, we're gonna pay this tax. In Paul's writing, his letters to the churches, he refers to not causing our brothers to stumble. See, many of us have liberties, we have knowledge, we've matured, and we understand, as an example, that the meat that was being offered in the shambles to demons, and some of the brethren were eating this meat, it was causing them to stumble. And Paul says that we need to be expedient, or we need to be sensitive. See, we have this knowledge, consecrated to God, that it's safe to eat, but and he's saying that we need to keep sometimes our understanding of things to ourselves. We don't want to cause people to stumble. We need to be loving. We need to be willing to deny our rights, God-given rights, that through their lack of knowledge that the gospel would not be spoken against or cause our brothers and sisters to stumble. And that's why the Lord says, nevertheless, lest they be offended. He's saying, Peter, it's better that we pay this tax, even though me and you don't have to. We're going to pay it because we don't want to cause them to stumble. The Lord's really saying, I have a lot more to share to this group of people, and I don't want to lose their ears over the temple tax. Let us humble ourselves, not take our rightful place as kings and priests. Let's pay this tax so that in my future teachings, they won't have stumbled over this. And maybe I can get their ear to hear my words. Peter, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes up first. That's verse 27. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you, lest we offend them. Well, Peter was a fisherman. When the Lord called him to come follow, he was actually out fishing. And the Lord said, you fish for fish but now you will fish for men. I will make you a fisher of men. Peter left everything behind. He dropped the nets, he left the boat, and he followed the Lord. But in the background, we do know that Peter had a wife. That means he had a home, he had a business. He walked away from everything to follow the Lord. If that was us, I'm sure that we'd have some 
you know, some concern, possibly some anxiety or worry over how's my family going to live while I'm away on this missionary journey with Jesus the teacher. And just some of my considerations, I think that what the Lord was saying is, cast your hook and take the first fish that comes up and out of its mouth. See, when you fished for fish, you hooked them by their mouth, you brought them to shore, and then you sold them to people and you received the income. But now I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And you see, if you live by the gospel, Paul said that we should receive our provision from the gospel. And this is where the money was found. Give it to them for me and you. And I think the Lord was was making several points, in my opinion, that Peter, I can provide. You don't have to be anxious about your future. You don't have to be anxious or concerned or worried about how all these things are going to work out. Peter was possibly thinking, will I ever go back to my boats? And the Lord's saying, I'm making you a fisher of men. I'm going to provide for you as you fish not in the sea full of natural fish, but as you fish in the sea of men. See, Jesus was always teaching his disciples the heavenly perspective, comparing the earthly things to the spiritual. Therefore, let us refresh our perspective, for we have a little time here and eternity there. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link in the podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Thank you.